This episode brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Lions fans in the city of Detroit. When we were on 16, you never stopped showing up. You were disappointed, but you never stopped showing up. Every week you showed up. And this motivated me to do the same thing for you. I want you to know, Michigan is our home, Detroit is our city, and Lions fans are our pride. Detroit City, what is up, Line Up Nation? How we doing? I'm your host, James. We only got Matt running the co-host role tonight. Andrew had more important priorities tonight with work, so we'll uh, we'll give him a pass on that. It is preseason still. So our social media continues to grow. Follow us on Twitter, Line Up Pod. I tweeted out a uh, Oliver Twist porridge meme on Friday begging for some more Lions followers and Lion Nation, you guys crushed. You gave me about 120 new followers since the weekend. So you guys truly are amazing. Blessed to be a part of this amazing fan base. Anyway, uh, Matt and I are about to break down some hard knocks, some recent news over the last two weeks leading up through preseason. So we'll get right at it. Um, it's been just about 24 hours since hard knocks premiered. Uh, that first episode was last night. Uh, I think that, lit the world on fire in all honesty uh it was incredible uh, i don't know if there is another way to describe how that first episode went um but my god i mean that was really something else i legit couldn't fall asleep after i was so <laughs> jacked up like I, I i think i just laid in bed my tv timer stopped and i was like okay this is this is gonna be one of these nights i'm just like really pumped for lions football now to two o'clock in the morning <laughs> so um and honestly, I think this is the first time in history that the world was like, holy shit, it's a really cool time to be a Detroit Lions fan right now. Yeah, big time, man. You're, <laughs> uh, you're not kidding. It's, a, it's an exciting time. and Hard Knocks is a, a nice way to kind of bring it all and package it all and bring it, and bring it to the surface. It's, a, it's just an, it's just, it's, it's a hard – it's hard not to – let your excitement and exuberance get the best of you because we've been waiting for a long time to get excited about a really young crew that's you know been part of a rebuild. But we we're at the precipice now, I think, of something really good. So it's nice to nice to let the let the world know and put the world on notice that we're out there and we're gonna you know rip someone's head off if we have to. But it's a uh, first episode of Hard Knocks did not disappoint by any stretch. Didn't disappoint. I, I every friend of mine I think has been just sending me. Lions content for the week and it feels great it feels like I'm a fan of the best team in the world right now because I've never received that treatment before <laughs> so it feels good but I mean again I I think it's a little scary at the same time because I feel like this mojo and momentum has sort of added so much additional pressure I yeah. guess to the before the season and I don't know how I feel about that. I think I'm getting caught up in just like the moment right now. But um, I, I, we got to see how this team, you know, can can handle this. I think, you know, like there's so much hype from from Campbell. I, he, he's saying like this is the city to be in. This is the fan base to be a part of. Um, this is the team you want to play for, that Honolulu blue and silver. And we got we to gotta put money where our mouth is right now. And I think we've got to walk that talk. Um, but, you know, Big again – uh, starting this season is is honestly huge because you know we've been down this road before. We've had a lot of hype with new coaches in the past who've honestly they're all in that same category since I've been alive at least um, in that loser category is sad to say it. but um, I do believe that this is different this time. How do you feel? Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I mean, it's you always want to try to manage expectations, especially with our fan base and with our team. So for me, for me to watch, for me to watch Hard Knocks, and part of me be like, 
unimpressed or unenthused, you can't really blame me because <laughs> of yeah. what we've had to deal with as a fan base, like the disappointments, but that all goes back to managing expectations. But um, I, I love our coaching staff, like, you know, renowned players who have been in, who have played in big games, who have been in big situations. The, the depth of our coaching staff in terms of years played and coaching years accrued after they played professionally, um, it, it gives the players something to relate to. They know what the players are going through, and it, it adds that level of, of familiarity and family. So, um, yeah, let's, what let's I saw from right the coaching staff was great. Yeah, let's jump right into that topic. Like, I, I, I was going to ask you, uh, just like, what did you love and dislike about that first episode? Um, not to jump off of around our rundown, but I mean, it just fits perfectly. Like, the first thing I loved just when I was reviewing the episode with my, my own thoughts in bed was the breakdown of the coaching NFL experience that is on the Lions, you know, coaching roster right now. And it just a quick, you know, highlight reel of all of them was, I thought it was pretty sick just tallying up the the time that they've all been on the field in the past and just shows the expertise that, and, and, and the type of people we're bringing in, in to, to, to relate to the situation that we're up against right now. I thought that was, uh, that really hit me for some reason. Yeah. And, same. Um, that was, yeah. that was probably if that was one of, if not my favorite parts of the episode, because like I mean, you and I both watched a lot of those guys play growing up. So like for me, I love my, I always love Mark Brunel, been a huge fan of him for forever. And then, you know, Deuce Daly, I mean, as living as, a, as someone living in New York, they play the Giants all the time, the Eagles. So we got to see Deuce Daly a lot. So it's you guys with character, guys who have played in big games and, and you know, you get enough young players around them, they're going to learn something. They're going to they're going to take something in, whether it, it may not be an X's and O's thing from their particular side of the ball. You know, it's going to help them grow as people and as players. So that's a, a two for one winner there. That's that was probably my biggest takeaway was just the the, the level of professional coaches we have and, and the experience they have on the field. And if I had to, you know, play devil's advocate and, and get a second moment in there that I really liked, it's just honestly the passion that Dan Campbell talks to his players with, I think is the other one. Like he gets really emotional. Like when he was telling his players to trust him, when he kind of threw him into that padded practice. After and like that were, padded practice. Yeah. Yeah. And it. they were going at it and you can tell all the guys were dogging it a little bit at the end. They were getting, you know, dinged around and you can tell in Dan Campbell's eyes and his face, he was starting to tear up and get really emotional because he really wants his players to trust him. Yep. And, and I think they do, you know, they buy in, they seem really comfortable around him. They like, you know, you know, shooting the shit with him, part of my language, but it's, it's, um, they, they like being around Dan Kimmel, they like being around Brad Holmes, and these players are looking like they're buying in more so than our previous administration, so. Yeah, no, no, you nailed it in the head, and, you know, just that second speech after the padded practice about why we're doing this, and, and, you know, how you need to trust this coach, and, you know, he's, he's doing everything for a reason, and one goal, and uh, one goal only for, for the whole organization, no matter what you do in, in the, the Lions organization, and then the Jamal speech came after, and it's just like, I literally felt like I was one of those guys in the Wolf of Wall Street scene after, uh, Jordan Belfort's like, I'm not leaving. And he starts pounding <laughs> his chest. And I'm like, I believe like, I, I'm literally like on my couch, like rocking. And I'm like, this is insane. And I was right. like, I've what, never felt that energy before. Right. And what Ever. better, he's like, what a good leader, like to have, he's, he's a gamer on the field. He's, he's, I mean, he's played in the league for quite some time and we have, mm-hmm. a, we have like, we, we talked about this multiple times. We have a really solid running back room which we have not said in a very long time. And we have some mm-hmm. talent there. Yeah. And to have a leader in that running back room, like Jamal, who can guide these young bucks and also on the field with that level of emotion and reminded these kids like, yo, you got something to play for. You have talent, bring it to the surface and get emotional about it. If you need to, it's just, it's so great to see. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. That's, that's that little Packers run that he had. And I mean that, you know, that guy's getting deep in the playoffs every year, you know, to come here, he, he wants that same outcome. And, you know, I, I love him. I love him on social media. I love, I love him being in interviews from last year. I love the presence he brought to the team and he's young. Like people think he's been around for so long. He's young. And yeah, he's we, a young we have a young guy. team. I think what's the set? We have like one guy over 29. 
like something, <laughs> something crazy. But like, this is a young team. This is a really young team. So, you know, that means majority of them are fresh, um, hopefully. Uh, and it stays that way, especially the way we're practicing. Um, I'm hoping that we're not trying to, you know, put a little more hype into the show just by doing these things and it doesn't, you know, cause injury down the road. But right. you know, this, is, this, is, this is a young, really juiced up team. And in terms of energy and, and, and hunger, as DC said. So, uh, no, just some other things that stood out is obviously, you know, again, Campbell's opening speech got leaked in a way, not really leaked, but sort of just like put out on, on the media before it premiered. Same with uh, Jamal Williams' uh, little crying speech. But, yeah, but how could they not, given how amazing they were? Like, yeah, like, it was, it was I'm, perfect, I'm actually kind of glad they did leave. Right. It, yeah, I mean, I, I loved watching it live. I loved watching it before, um, especially since I had added context to it. But I think, I think my one funniest thing—I mean, that Aiden dance and singing was was so funny. It yeah, was, it was hilarious. It was so funny. And I saw a tweet uh, this morning, and it it was like a little paragraph. It was from like Free Motor Kate, I think. I guess that's like a Pistons fan for Kate Cunningham. But um, the tweet was literally like, why is no one talking about the best part of the Hutch singing clip? Dude in the second row rips his shirt off, throws it to the front row, <laughs> and the dude in the yellow Nola catches it and immediately starts waving it. Most electric moment of the episode. So that like, was wild. That I, was I didn't wild. see that. I didn't yeah. see that. So I actually I, played it and I was like, there is no way that just happened. Yeah. He like no look caught it. Like he just stuck his hand out and the shirt landed in his hand. <laughs> I like didn't know where to look when that was happening. And I probably, and I have HBO max. So I was just like pausing it and just going backwards. And I was like watching this like over and over again. So by the time I finished, like just getting my laughs and it was like, it was like 10 minutes behind. <laughs> but like, that was, that was such a, fun again a fun moment you can tell the culture the the chemistry and 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 the bonding of this team is just really looking in the right direction and i mean again not to sort of like over obsess over this but i mean i i think that goes such a long way at this point because this this truly is such a long season and a gritty season where you know things can go south quick and when we saw how quick it did last year and uh you know the guys stayed together at the end of the day so seeing some of that like fun stuff is 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 just amazing in my opinion yeah, it's a breath of fresh air. I mean, and I, I actually, you know, I actually really enjoyed the little Aiden Hutchinson uh, segment they did with his with his family and and his pop and growing up as a Lions fan. I kind of enjoyed that too. And it's 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 a good it's a good environment for this batch of really talented young players to be playing in because I think, you know, if we had that, you know, Matt Patricia locker room and Matt Patricia type mentality there. I think it would be, you know, it'd be a completely different dynamic. It would be just totally different, you know, and less conducive for, you know, trying to build cohesion amongst vets and the surplus of young talent we have. So uh, I'm all for camaraderie to a, to a certain extent, you know, and my biggest dislike, if I had to, you know, kind of piggyback off that would be, you know, the whole just daily Glenn back and forth during, you know, offense, defense drills, like to an extent, I like that. I would have liked to have seen them instead of dogging on each other, maybe some more coaching, like scolding the players and giving feedback to the players as opposed to just dogging each other during. Yeah. Yeah. And I I feel like by like the fourth or fifth clip of like, you know, the fourth or fifth play, it was like, we get it. Like you guys are, you got you guys love each other as you said but you love to mess each other up and it's like how many how many times are you gonna you know show the shit talking but like you know i got it the first four times which i liked but then like it sort of just dragged out and i was like i will like use this opportunity to like at least get a hard hit or like a juke or something and then some shit talking from the players right or just give or just show a clip of them actually coaching during those for the yeah, players can yeah. actually for the players can actually learn something <laughs> yeah. from the two of them being on the field at the same time, like work yeah, together yeah. and create a coaching moment somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah. I'm that sure the crack, I'm sure we'll get more of that. And uh, you know, again, I think uh, just from watching like previous hard knocks too, you know, it, it, every episode does I guess significantly change. You know, obviously at the end you have to have the unfortunate, like, you know, you've been cut scenes like sort yeah. of like shitty situations. But um I'm sure we'll get a, a ton of more content, especially the, the reviews they probably got from the first episode. They're probably like pump 
all of that comedy into this into this one because it hasn't been like that ever before so but uh yeah tuesday night 10 o'clock it sort of stinks it's on so late uh just since you and i both get up so early for work but um yeah i'm i'm excited for tuesday i'm excited uh you know for this whole series uh and i i think it's going to be a hit so yeah on to, awesome. on to uh sort of our next you know group of topics not too much to cover until uh you know after friday night but um just overall news for lions since we last potted um healthy uh, i think that's the biggest thing uh we have a few you know day-to-day week-to-week type things that don't seem too uh, right. severe which they is don't good. seem too pressing with aquara and i forget i forget the other name who was dinged up and jerry jacobs is getting healthy too so yeah yeah healthy. he's ahead of rehab um, right. so definitely good. Uh, Akuda is, you know, definitely making significant strides in the secondary. I heard that he was standing out probably the best, forgot what source said that it was probably a day or two ago, but the, you know, that's really good to see. Um, and, uh, yeah, just again, I guess a, a question for you. I, I, I saw that shark is, uh, really looking good and that practice they had inside Ford field, um, outside on the training camp facility, uh, he's making plays. He's, he's getting open. He's getting separation. He's, he's coming down with the grabs. Um, again, keep in mind, he's, he's on a one-year deal. So, I mean, is it, is it too soon to overreact and, and say that, you know, lines should regret not giving him more than one year at this point or. Yeah. Too, yeah I think it's too soon. I, I mean, it's, it's hard not to overreact because our, our wide receiver core, for for camp has been banged up like Quintez Cephas has been he's been out for a week Cephas uh Trinity Benson's missed two straight practices you know we have wide receivers like Tom Kennedy getting reps now like so of course whatever Chark or Reynolds do out there is going to stand out because we're missing two or three other wide receivers but it's just too soon to tell you know we, we obviously got to get into game action um given the given the breadth of cornerbacks in this division. Um, there's a solid crew. Packers have a nice cornerback crew. Uh, Vikings have a really young cornerback crew. He's going to have his work cut out for him. So, yeah. Um, time will tell. It's it's too early in to say. You know, it's just way too soon. But he's if he's looking good in, in practice, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm happy for it. But you know, like I said, you got to maintain expectations and control your expectations and, and hope for the best. Yeah. Just uh, take care of your body. Uh, again, just especially these guys coming off these, you know, season-long injuries, um, very easy to cramp up. It's been the hottest, and I feel like in the United States in, in a month clip for a very in, in many years. It's just freaking insane going outside right now. Um, maybe maybe not in Detroit, but where we live. <laughs> I feel like everyone else is impacted by this right now. It's that bad. Um, but who, who else do you, you know, do you see or, or hear right now, just from what you've been, you know, looking at uh, standing out so far um, just for the remaining group of the Lions? I mean, it's, you know, if you referenced Tim Twentyman's article, he talks about who stood out to him. I mean, the obvious names pop out right away. DeAndre Swift look good. And, and Hutch, is, Hutch has uh, really made a name for himself. In a in camp, you know he's taking on guys like Sewell and Evan Brown, and he's and he's winning a lot of line battles against those guys, and they're going hard. Obviously, they're not going half ass. It's, it's Campbell's crew, and they're not they're not going to BS anything and trying to get Hutch developed as quickly as possible. Um, but like a, a guy on the list that's really impressive is Malcolm Rodriguez, uh, yes, a linebacker yes. I was pretty high up at Oak out of Oak State, great tackler. He he got first team reps today in camp, which is great news to see. Um, like I said, he just, just doesn't have to do much to stand out, you know, in this linebacking course. So if he's getting reps with the first and he looks impressive, um, that's really, really good sign for us. Really good sign. So I'm super excited to read that um, coming out of camp. And uh, another name that really stood out was James Houston out of Jack State, you know, young player, Florida transfer. Did really well down at Jackson State. Apparently has, you know, they have him playing some linebacker as well. Great tackler. Just, you know, going from playing DN to linebacker can be an adjustment. But 
to see him stand out on Tim Twentyman's list is a good sign as well. That can you know breathe some life into our very shallow linebacking core. And then we yeah. have the obvious names on there. You know, this, they had, he listed the entire starting offensive line, um, which which apparently includes Evan Brown. Um, Frank right now had the last day or two off and Evan Brown got reps with the first team offensive line. And he looked really, really good as well. Um, he only allowed one sack and four hurries in 13 games last season. So he had a good year last year, but given the depth of O-line that we have, it's just hard for him to get the number of reps. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have that depth behind, you know, a, a stout offensive line is just a beautiful thing to see. Um Amon Rossi and Brown playing well, Chark playing well, like you had mentioned before. And then we have a kicking battle between Riley Patterson and Austin Seibert. So a lot of healthy competition. Kick and war. Um, yeah, kick war. Gotta love it. And honestly, I, if if I had to close my eyes and pick one, I would want Riley Patterson, but that's just me, given what it, given what we saw last year and yeah, how solid man. he was. I think he's earned it. You know, he, the way he kicked last year in the regular season, he, he was tremendous for us. So a lot of good battles. Malcolm Rodriguez getting linebacker reps, which is great to see. I'm super excited about that. Um, healthy competition will won't be in any short supply with you know the, the crazy coaches we have, but <laughs> a lot of good things coming out of camp to be to be excited about. Hundred percent, and uh, I really think that you know Penny Sewell is just uh, again he's just making his name as as a top 3 you know lineman right now in his position 100% agree Everyone, 100% th- there's not even anyone countering it online right now and and I'm not just going off of bias lines media right now it's he looks like that good he looks that good already and, yeah. and I mean we we nailed that pick I, I I don't see that that way that pick ever you know, or him as a player ever going the opposite direction based on, you know, what he wants. Um, little quick interview with him in hard knocks, him going head to head with Hutch. I thought was great to see. I would have saw, I wish I would have honestly, they would have threw like maybe like four or five more reps in. Uh, Cause I, I wouldn't have had enough of that. I think that's like literally the matchup we're looking for this year. And it's only going to make them both better. Um, you know, right. he, like identifying one of his swim moves and then, you know, how he was just right past him. I mean, you know, it's a college move right there that he's been doing. And, you know, beating, beating a, you know, a one-year, you know, pro already who's, who's already making a name for himself. So I love that. I love that they're going to make each other better. They're going to make, you know, that line better. And again, it's just a win on both sides. So I think so too. And, and you can also consider this as well. Um, a lot of the offensive line crews in, in our division are nowhere close to the talent and caliber we had that Hutch could practice against. Right. So he, he's getting reps against guys like Sewell and you name it on that O-line. It's only going to sharpen the spear for him and make him better. So it's it's a win-win for everybody. Let let those two guys battle it out and learn from each other. Whatever it takes. It's Hutch is not going to get a better practice partner than – or a much better practice partner or practice unit to go against than our offensive line. So – I'm all, I'm all for Penny Sewell, and he's he's been he's been a blessing. I'd love to have him on our squad. So, hundred percent, love it. Yeah, I I, I can't. I, I again, I think my only frustration right now is the linebacker core. the The cornerbacks seem to be growing, uh, evolving. I think there's still a few gaps there, and I and I saw that they were struggling a little bit. Um, but you know, this linebacker core again, it's it's one injury away from from really you know, bringing us to the bottom of the barrel of, of rankings for, for that, that depth chart for, for that group across the league. So hoping everyone stays healthy. Um, we'll see if anyone gets cut in training camp across the league and maybe we can do a late pickup or an early pickup. I, I forgot how like that process works. If it's like waivers or anything like that, but um, right. I love, I'd love to see us maybe, you know, take a shot at someone um, again, just for depth. And uh, you know, I haven't heard anything like super bad, but I also haven't heard of anything super great outside of Malcolm. So, you know, again, I think if, you know, he keeps getting reps with first team and he, he keeps, you know, lifting himself up to that level, you give him the nod week one, you give him the nod week one, reward him and get him on the field to cut loose and let loose. And let's see what happens. I mean, we had nothing to lose in that, in that position right now. I think we have all question marks, honestly, um, right. again, with like Gerard Davis and, and some other people. So, I mean, what, we, we don't have any, any, you know, 
solidified core right there um, and structured, you know, I think, you know, primary and secondary, you know, guys on the depth chart. So I say, let it ride. And, uh, you know, we'll see as, as these episodes come in and obviously as more, you know, highlights and, and media posting comes out over the next few weeks and plus the games Friday. So um, just a little quick, you know, tidbit on this. So Friday uh, Falcons uh, NFL network, six o'clock. So we can actually catch that. So that'd be pretty sweet. Um, right. So I, I saw that they're playing, you know, the Lions starters are absolutely playing in the first quarter. Um, odds are they're just playing that first drive, maybe a second one for a select few. And I think it all depends based on, you know, what the outcome is for that. But uh, that's going to be good to see. Um, it's going to be tough to make like a full episode based on, based on their starters, <laughs> one drive. Uh, right. You want to do a 10 minute one. It's up to you. But um, no, I mean, again, I'll watch the whole game. Of course. I just want to see even what the young guys are doing. It's fun seeing the practice squad guys get out there. Um, but again, it's mutual. The other side uh, of the field's doing it as well. So, but it'll be really nice to see just again, having just like that football game, uh, back on the screen and, and, um, you know, again, inching towards that countdown of kickoff. Big time. And, uh, it's, like I said, be, I think the best part about having a young team with so much depth is you can watch it. You can learn a lot from a team with a lot of depth in the preseason. So, I mean, there's, there's reason for us to watch a preseason game. Other teams probably not. So, yeah, yeah. I, I can't say I'll be putting anything else on. And then, yeah, the, the hard thing will be getting the additional games after that actually on like a live platform. So we'll probably have to hack something out to get us even some type of quality video for that since we're not even close. <laughs> so, not even, not even remotely close. I didn't get my Sunday ticket yet. We're going to have to I, figure that out. I'll tell you what, Jenny, you were talking about linebackers available. Um, if I'm reading this right, and I hope I am. I'm going to correct myself and double confirm. But Joe Scobert is a linebacker that I've always liked. Played for the Steelers last year. I don't know if he's resigned. I'm going to double check that. But if he is available, that is a guy that is worth a nice little dime. He's a good. He's a really good linebacker. I mean, there's I mean, there's names up there. They're pretty thin. Um, Joe Scobert had a linebacker tryout with the Broncos nine days ago. Apparently, he's available that guy can play linebacker and, you know, he's not going to break the bank, but we have in cap right now. We have 9 million. Is that correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. We're, we're about 9.4. So I was actually just going to ask you like where, even after this, like, you know, what do we do with that money? Um, I actually got like a very diverse, you know, answer selection on, on Twitter. When I asked this question last week or so, a lot of people were like, pocket it. Pocket it. Uh, you have no idea what's going to happen in the future. Obviously great answer. hundred percent agree. Yeah. Second most popular answer was wait for these cuts across the league and people are just going to probably let go of some people that we might get lucky on. It's a great um, call. And then three is, is there anything worth doing in a trade? Um, so obviously all reasonable solutions. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, about 10 million is still something really nice to play with right now. Of course. And, you know, I think, I think that answer of waiting for cuts is a, is a great answer because it's going to be quality guys available. Um, but yeah, any kind of depth at linebacker, like Joe Scobert's only 29 years old. Like he's a really good linebacker. Um, I was hearing whispers about Blake Martinez. Don't know about that, but like there's, there's guys that, that could be acquired for the right price. Um, but I have no issue with pocketing the 9 million either if we need to. So the options are there. And like you mentioned, if there's going to be, players that come available when the cuts come out. If we can steal someone off that cut list for a very cheap price and bring them onto our squad, he makes a difference. Love it. Yeah. And those are some of the guys, just a, a, a guy that is stays on the field even too for that position. I feel like that's one of the hardest things. I was just reading that he had one of the highest percentages of actually being on the field as a linebacker. I know that doesn't say anything about your talent, but um, I'll take a bruiser. It yeah, reminds absolutely. me of that guy uh, Sorensen from the from the Chiefs. Right, uh, Daniel forgot, Sorensen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just all over the field, twenty four seven. He's just like <laughs> laying his neck and top of his head on the line every single play. And I'm like, this guy gets up and he's ready to go. I was like, yeah. this guy's concussed every <laughs> every game. Yeah, he's this, leading with his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not like this guy's anything remotely close to that, but it just reminds me of like guys like that who just like you have to literally pull them off the field to stop playing football. I love that. Right. So, um, 
Yeah, so today is Wednesday, August 10th. News just since the work week. Um, two interesting things. Um, so let's go against a rival. Roquan Smith requested out. So wild. 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 I don't know. Uh, this this sort of gives me just a, a flashback of when uh, – how am I drawing a boy? Who, who – who came from the Raiders to the Bears? Literally, Mac, Khalil Mac. Khalil Mac, um, like Khalil Mac, yeah. Very similar thing. I feel like that happened in training camp. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, you know, like they, you know, the Bears, you know, sold a, a house and a boat for for him. And I don't know if Roquan's quite at that caliber and uh, pedigree. A great yet. tackler and a great pursuer. But yeah, a, the price but, tag may be uh, too much to bear. Yeah, and uh, I I don't know who's going to jump for that right now. I mean, I I think something gets happened, or that was horrible English. I think something happens uh, before the season starts, especially if he makes more noise and if it you know becomes a threat of him holding out because he he wants an extension or a contract, and this right. is the final year. So I mean, there, I I think just football and how, and how you know previous like, studs have played out with with you know staying healthy and not risking injury for a long term deal, this might get done. This might get done very well over the next few weeks. And uh, yes. you know the the Bears have a lot of gaps, but if they're just getting picks after picks in return, you know throw their season out, literally throw yeah. it out. I mean, there there's there's nothing in the tank for them. They right. they, they got nothing. There's- they're in bigger rebuild than we are. I, I think. Oh, it's not even close right now. Right, I agree. So I think for them to to get Roquan on the market now, and and his market value is going to be sky high in terms of his ball pursuit and his tackling abilities. There's no questions there. Um, just it's just the question of who's willing to pay the price tag for him and, and give up the picks. I, I, if you go you go teams one through thirty two, however many teams we got here, one through thirty, I. I don't see a team where he wouldn't fit, you know. Yeah. And he's a healthy guy. He played all 17 last year, 16 the year before. Must have got hurt for a few games in 19. He had a 12 games, played in 16 his rookie year, started 14. So I mean, he's made 59 out of, you know, we were started 59 out of 61, basically played 61 out of 65, if my math is right. Uh, wow. so the guy is a healthy, durable beast <laughs> yeah right there's a lot of teams with draft collateral you don't like the jaguar system draft collateral there are teams out there who have picks to to give up so yeah i mean it's a matter of who's going to pay the price who's going to pay the price tag and bring on a, a really good linebacker so would i be like and i guess this is the question we just got to like you know hypothetical bring it up it, what are the chances the Lions even do something? Uh, what would they offer? And is this even the right move for us, just based on our sort of our depleted spot? That yeah, I mean, it, plays in inside. You, I, you'd have to give up a starter and picks, and the price tag may be if if it's an offensive lineman that we can fill with Evan Brown, sure. And then you want picks for a guy that who's young who can fill a who can fill a spot on linebacker. Okay, sure. I'm, you have my you clearly have my attention, um, but it's in turn it's a big gamble. I mean, for what they'd be asking, do you really want to give up that much in the, in the midst of a rebuild? That, that's a that's a question that I don't think uh, Holmes would bet much of the night unless, unless the price tag was ideal uh, yeah, unless it came into desperation but then the, in all honesty i feel like there's another shooter out there for him so i i, I would put up my, my my money in Rokon smith not playing on the lions uh James, final, just, final note here about yeah. we're talking about hutch before competing against offensive lines um the Bengals have a i'm sorry the Bengals the Bengals the packers have the number five ranked um offensive line on pff right now yeah the Bears are number 31 on that list, by the way. Really rough offensive line ranking, and the Vikings are middle of the pack. I believe they're 18 or 19. Yeah, their offensive lines. 19. You're saying their offensive lines, right? Like they're, or yeah, their this is, this is, these are the projected PFF rankings preseason as it stands right now. Yeah, so. okay, okay. Yeah, no, uh, 
wouldn't argue that at all. So, hey, we bring on Roquan. We can beat up on the Bears even more. Jeez, Justin Fields is not going to have a good year this year. So, yeah, I mean, it's sort of like that Ohio State curse. I, I liked him in college football. Um, I just – I feel like there's just something about playing at that school and being the quarterback and transition to the NFL. It just doesn't work. I mean, again, I'm, I'm selling him short right now going into his second year. Uh, trying to not be totally Lions biased, but a realist. But, um, yeah, he's going to struggle this year. <laughs> Big time. Agreed. I don't think there's anything else. So, um, no, last, last question, and then we'll, we'll call it a night. Um, so, first two weeks, you know, we got the Eagles, which uh, Matt, Andrew, and I are about to talk right after this and figure out where we're going to sit. Um, we're going to be there for week one, as, as previously stated in, in other pods. So, definitely looking to meet up with some of y'all and, uh, you know, try and network ourselves and, you know, show us the ropes of Detroit since we're technically guests. So reach out on Twitter. If uh, you want to have a day on, on Saturday or Sunday, week one, we're definitely all yours, but um, Eagles week one commanders week two. I thought these were two really interesting matchups um, to start the season to really, you know, be a, a tough test for, for the Lions in all honesty. So week one, you know, I, I use the word a juiced wide receiver core um, for, for the, for the Eagles. Right. And, when I say that, I don't just mean the wide receivers. I think Goddard is, is a great tight end. He's athletic. He's quick, um, does very good route running, and he's got he's solid hands, right? And then Jalen, you know, is very mobile in the back uh, backfield, uh, you know, can pass the ball still. Obviously, he's going through his own struggles and development, um, you know, struggles at the moment. But, you know, he's still going to move the ball. So, you know, with that group of guys on the Eagles side versus – the Lions secondary with where we're at right now, I think a few positions, especially like Will Harris and Okudo, you know, competing for a cornerback spot, um, other maybe going to safety. So there's a few questions, right. About like mm -hmm. where they stand, where, where, where we're going to end up actually on week one. Is that a tougher matchup than week two with the commander's D line versus our very hyped up offensive line very expensive offensive line and sort of all our eggs in one basket offensive line. I mean, I, I had a hard time sort of voting on this question myself because I was like, I obviously want the, I don't know who I want to succeed more. Like, do, do you have a, do you have a quick answer even in your head or you're struggling too? I mean, at face value, I think better matchup wise, I think Eagles wide receivers against our secondary is the better matchup. Truthfully, okay. I do. I it just a face value. AJ Brown, Devontae really, Smith, too. Right. And, yeah. and AJ Brown. Um well now that I take a second and pull back, I think of Montez Sweat, right? And those Chase guys. Young. Yeah, that's that's a it's a heck of a that's Inside a heck of a guys too. I that, I actually think they're ranked number two. Right. They have a tremendous D line. I mean their D line is juicy. Our O line's ranked three. Um, so I think we can hang with them. Truthfully, that's now that I, in retrospect, I think we can hang with the commander's D-line. I do. Um, but I, I honestly really like the fact that we're getting the Eagles week one because of that wide receiver challenge for our secondary that's given that's gotten so much hype and so much gas this offseason. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's, it's going to be a really good test out of the gate for multiple reasons because, you know, Jalen Hurts is so versatile. They could run an option with, with Sanders, you know. Yeah, Gainwell they, they, too. Right, and Kenny Gainwell there too, right? tremendous backfield and the Eagles are a really talented team. Like people are sleeping on the Eagles like that, that, that locker room is chock full of talent now, really good young talent. So Jalen Hurts pulls it together. It's they're a sleeper, man. That team is talented as hell. So I, I kind of like that we get, we're getting them week one because we're going to learn a lot about our team after that game, win or lose. Um, but I think our, our secondary, if, if, if Okuda comes out and balls out with, you know, with our warrior back there and Harris, I think we're going to be fine. I think we'll be okay. Just, it's just a matter of can our linebackers cover running backs out of the backfield and also deal with the dual threat that Jalen Hurts brings to the table. That's going to be the bigger question, but I think our secondary can hang with that wide receiver core on a good day. They can yeah, PFF, I'm just pulling back this article I had open. Uh, commanders are definitely at number two for, for D-line D rankings. Um, Who are their DTs? 
Is it Liston? Jonathan Allen. Jonathan Allen, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he is the best defensive uh, lineman in literally the NFL. Right. He's the best. The DT is – he's he's the gold standard. It's not really a, yeah, a debate at the moment. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and Rams are number one. I think that's no surprise based on, you know, who they have on there. And look at that, you know, how quickly things turn. Ashawn Robinson is in that group as well over there. So I love Ashawn. Love Ashawn. Missed, missed out on a good one. I love Leonard Floyd too. I just saw his name pop up on my screen mm-hmm. too. I'm great a, linebacker. Yeah. Great. So, yeah. Just so a great tall player. And lanky and he's just like another one running all over the place. Um, so yeah, I, I think just for, for my own answer, uh, I, I, as much as I want, I, I, I do agree with you, actually. I think the easier pick is week one against the Eagles. Um, and the, the actual only reason I say this is if everyone was in mid form um, and, you know, both teams played their, you know, Eagles played their perfect game and the Lions played their perfect game, I think the Eagles still have the edge. And I think, again, just as, as a realist, I think they are the overall better team. Um, it's going to be a very difficult game for week one, but I think there's just a lot of uncertainty going into the season and, and fatigue and so on. So uh, that game could go anyway, in all honesty. It could be absolute blast for us, or it could be miserable, or it could be a, you know down to the wire. So I think that's a, an easier matchup for us. I think that Commanders-Lions game at home for week two is a huge showing for the offense. That's really the, I mean, again, regardless if we're one and over, oh, and one, I think that's a huge test for us um, to really show like what our offense can do against a strong defense. Cause I, I do think last year we struggled at times. I mean, I, I have PTSD thinking about this right now, but I remember in October or November, sometime like that, we're like, we were shut out again in the first half and this is now five out of six or five out of seven. So we didn't score last year, like at all. Mm -hmm. So just to keep that in mind. And so I think that's why I'm more focused and worried about that matchup, because if we can control that defense and give Goff time, let Swift find pockets, same with Jamal and everyone else free up. We, we have a great chance at that. I'm not sold on the commander's offense yet with everything going on over there, um, you know, scary Terry's on, on, on that team and Antonio uh, Gibson, but like they have a good team, but I don't think that they are better than us right now. And that might be a hot take, but I do think that we are. No, I would agree. I would agree. Their D line is with, they have Deron Payne too. That's the fourth thing I couldn't think of. Like yeah, their D yeah, line's yeah. impressive, uh, but offensively we bring just as much to the table as they do. And in our secondary, so I think I think you're spot on with that take. That's not a hot take at all. But mm-hmm. um, the Eagles game is is the game that's going to be the one where we learn a lot very quickly. So a good matchup week one to to kind of check off a lot of question mark boxes for us right out, right out of the gate. Yeah, I'm with you there. So definitely pumped to see it. Uh, counting down the days, ready to get out to Detroit, ready to see the weekend game for the Falcons, ready to see episode two of Hard Knock. So. A lot of Lions action coming your way, guys. Um, yes, sir. We're trying to keep you guys up to date, trying to give a little reaction to every everything that we catch and can uh, keep in front of us. Nice. And uh, I think we're all uh, – I think just the Lions universe is right now all on the same page about uh, expectations for the season, uh, what we like and dislike. I think everyone's on board, and there hasn't been too many Twitter battles right now, at least from what I've been witnessing. So it's, it's nice to see some unity at the moment. <laughs> everyone's unity. on the same page. So, um, oh, one thing I can't forget to talk about this before I was just about to wrap up. Jameson Williams today reached out to Andrew. Welcome to the podcast. I saw you just jumped on. So I actually very much so value your opinion on this topic. So get yourself off mute. Thanks for coming 50 minutes late. Um, You got one strike. The Jameson Williams topic today of his jersey change went from 18 to 9. The rumor or report is that he texted Stafford. Stafford's a fan of him, said it's not a problem. Now, a few things that I first thing that hit my mind. People bought his jersey already. Like, yeah. So I did. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be fuming. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be so <laughs> effing pissed. Could you imagine? So that's that's just my thing. That's like, and not my only thing, my only issue, but 
bang bang andrew you're on the clock what was the first reaction when i when when i shared that when you know we shared that post with each other today i did not realize that people could have bought his jersey already that is a very well, valid that, yeah yeah that is the that is honestly the last issue that's just the right. fan base is not having enough money to buy a new one now we're getting getting a refund right. do, do the real issue is is obviously what you want to talk about no, I mean, I hope the either the NFL or Jamison Williams himself has to cover the difference of buying those jerseys back. He's not but, average. No, I, I think that um, – I mean, I'm not surprised Stafford agreed to that. You know, he seems like the nicest dude in the world. I'm not surprised that he would offer his number, his former number, to a new teammate or, if, you know, a, a new player coming into the franchise, you know, someone as highly touted as him. But I, I, I don't love the move of a rookie coming in and the line just agreeing to that. You know, he Stafford holds God knows how many records for us, um, did everything for the city and only being a season removed from him. I think that's that's a lot to take in as a fan. You know, I, I would have assumed that number nine would be hanging in the rafters. I know it's still a possibility, uh, but it's it's an interesting move. to And, and seeing number nine out there would be – be strange, I think, from my opinion. Seeing receivers in single digits is still a little weird to me, um, but seeing a rookie taking Stafford's number so quick, I think that's uh, a little, little bit of a surprise for uh, for me this year. That's well, sure. and, and not to change sport topics, but again, I don't. I'm not just with the, the. Didn't the Tigers again? Detroit. Just what Detroit does sometimes just blows my mind. Didn't Detroit just uh, retire Whitaker's number, like number one? And it was like extremely long overdue. And they also just let multiple people wear number one over like the last X amount of years since he's been retired. Do you guys either know about that topic or, or drama? I can't, I can't say that I do, but I do know that any Tiger fan that does listen to this is very happy that Al Avila got fired today. As so way to <laughs> yeah. go Tiger fans. Yeah. yeah, it looks like Lou Whitaker's number got retired on Saturday the 10th player in franchise history. I yeah, couldn't so he's been retired for 27 years and apparently plenty of other people have worn his number and Detroit was pissed as hell that he, first off, people wore his Jersey and it took this long to retire it. So I am literally, I, I just remember reading that, like whether it was a few days ago or not, but this is literally the same exact thing that we're going to now run into. No. Yes. Matt, what do you think? Yeah. I, you, you don't, you don't want my opinion on this issue. You, you know where I stand with Stafford. I get, mean, con- get controversial right now. I just, we, I, you know, again, because like, a lot of, a lot of people were all on board with this and I like, yeah, no. Stafford never won anything with us. Yes. He's never won a playoff game, but if anyone says that he was a problem for the city and team, I'll, I'll bat, I'll fight you. Yeah, I will go. I would. You will, you're, you're asking for a scrap. Fastest player to forty. Fastest player to forty thousand yards ever. Like we would not have been in half the games we were in if he did not make those ridiculous fourth quarter comebacks. Like if anyone deserves to have their jersey retired, any think about any lion, okay, other than Megatron, in the last ten years, you tell me who who deserves 20, to have a uniform retired. Even twenty. Right, even 20. Right, exactly. Nine and 81. That's that's it. That's literally it. And it's that's sad to say, uh, given the caliber of draft picks that we've had. Gosser Cherilis, shout out to Gosser Cherilis, by the way, and Lincoln Tomlinson and all those bumps. But like, come on, like, what the guy's done for the city came, like, didn't sit well with me. Um, But I am not anyone in a position of power i think it's just a bunch of crap yeah i think it's interesting too like i know the fans could say you know it's forward looking you know it doesn't matter what the player has done in the past it's what we're looking forward to in the future and i get that but the jersey number doesn't really mean anything you know in whether past present future like it's a number it represents something so you can easily take a new number make it your own um, so, I mean, I, I feel like it's hard to look at a, the number nine and see that it's anyone but Stafford. Yeah, like, I don't if, know. Regardless of like, how good Jameson Williams could be, like, 
number nine in my mind is always going to be Stafford. So I feel like he kind of should carve out his own role and his own number, you know, be himself and not try to replicate something that someone else has done. Well, I know there's a whole not, little thing with like Okuda taking number one back or something. So then, you know, that was his Bama number and get a new number. <laughs> I, 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 I like yeah, the there's so many numbers. numbers on the team. Like, and, and and the way that you can wear jerseys now, like Thibodeau for the Giants is wearing five. I actually love that the NFL is doing that again. Yeah, I that, agree. Like, I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a fan of that. I, I think it looks actually really cool and intimidating. Like when you have like a like a six six giant on the end. Like Leonard Floyd switched to a single digit number. Like he's one of those guys who I feel like would just look like an absolute unit wearing like number seven on the end. If any number could ruffle the the feathers of Lions fans the right the wrong way. <laughs> it would be by taking number nine. Like <laughs> one to oh, 181 might be a little bit worse for Jameson Williams. Yeah. Or like nine is up there. Nine or 81 would have been like any number but those. You could have had it. Forget about it. Like soup to nuts. Come on, man. At least, at least get one snap under your belt before you start pissing people off. That's my stick. I know. I know. Yeah, I'm 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 not on board with it. I mean, I'll get used to it. It's sort of like just when I don't know. Actually, I'm not going to make that comparison. It's a horrible one. Uh, so, yeah, hey, we'll we'll we'll, we'll deal with it. Hey, but again, sorry to all you fans that bought a jersey. I guess lesson learned. Now you wait till opening day. So, failed um, you. I'm sorry. If I, w- if I was rich, I would uh pay pay a fan a new for a new jersey, but I'm not. If so. any fan wants a jersey, just email Lion Up Podcast. I'll send you my Color Rush Ziggy Ansa jersey that I bought a couple <laughs> years <laughs> from China. That's like the name is all the way to the left. That's it. So, totally. So. I'll send me Amir Abdullah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Do, the, the list goes on and on. Yeah, the list I, goes on. Reggie Reggie Bush in the house as well. So I line up. We're done for the night. Um, get some rest. It's been two late nights with Podden and just watching this Hard Knocks episode. So uh, we'll be back at it uh, next week, probably the same day, Wednesday, uh, reviewing what we liked and disliked from preseason game number one uh, against the Falcons on Friday night. Reminder, it's on NFL Network at 6 p.m. Uh, starters should be in for the first quarter. So it's definitely exciting for us to witness uh, and Hard Knocks episode two, Tuesday night at 10. So uh We'll catch you Wednesday. Take it easy, fans.